2: the better part of me I hang my head from sorrow Stay to humanity Wearing on my shoulders You're the
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm here every week on 1180 WFYL, sitting down with some great ladies from the Philadelphia area and finding out what they're up to. Um, today, I'd like to introduce you to a, a great young lady who is um, an attorney in the Philadelphia area and I'm happy to have her in the studio today her name is Mia Taneri, and she is associate with Nino V Taneri and Associates in town which is a uh, family practice so welcome to the studio today
3: thank you for having me
1: Um, I'd I'd like to get right into talking a little bit about um, your younger years and (coughs) growing up in the area of Philadelphia and um, some of the things that you might have been involved in growing up uh, in school,
3: and um, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in Yardley, and I went to school in Princeton at a school called Stewart Country Day School of the Sacred Heart, and I was involved in sports, uh, a lot of sports, and um, I was also heavily involved in music as a child because my mom was involved with Universal Records. So um, I would travel from Yardley to Princeton, New Jersey every morning, and then I would stay late for uh, whatever sport I was playing at the time. And then I would come home, and um, from there, I would whatever instrument I was playing at that time, I would then practice that, and then I would do my homework. Um, but I was, I was heavily involved in music, a lot of music. What types of sports did you play? Oh, goodness, I played lacrosse, field hockey, soccer, and tennis. Wow, mm-hmm. you were a busy girl. I was, were you, it was fun. Were you,
1: were you involved in uh, student government or student council? I was.
3: Actually, I was, uh, gosh, you're really jogging my memory. Um, <laughs> I was president of, of my eighth grade class in student, for student council, and I believe in, in high school I was also president for my uh, freshman class. And then because I was so busy with sports, I, I no longer... Uh, participated in student government,
1: right. Um, and I understand your mom worked outside of the house. Can you tell me a little bit about what she was doing and what you were observing as a young girl?
3: Sure. Um, when I was younger, uh, she, my mom had a very has a very interesting life, but when I was growing up, she was um, just stepping outside of the music world uh, as a promoter for universal records, and she had joined um, a lot of political Campaigns, and at that time she had just finished her degree at Penn, getting a uh, her master's in social work. So um, while she was <laughs> going to school, getting her degree, she was also helping my dad, who was um, in in Philadelphia as a lawyer. He was doing a lot of the cr- criminal defense work. She would go with him to the prisons to meet clients and speak with the clients, while he would speak with them um, regarding the law. She would speak with them regarding. You know, basically, you know, how they were raised, how they grew up and just try to find out the other side of their lives.
1: Right. That's so interesting it to was. me. I it mean was. what a what a cross, you know, industry for the two of them to be in. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, I, I think that's really they must have had some really interesting conversations Absolutely. at home at <laughs>
3: night after work. Absolutely. It was really you know, for for my sisters and I it was really fun to to grow up like that because Uh, while they were you know while they were always working we were very involved in their in their in their work lives so we were heavily influenced on you know by our parents to to work and make sure that we um, you know did what we wanted to do right
1: and did your mom talk to you about that did she say to you you know um, as far as just finding out what your career was going to be um, giving you that support as a working mom
3: Uh, absolutely and I laughed because um, My mom has always been so supportive of authors. It's my sister Nina and my other sister Kim, and she's always been extremely supportive um, of all three of us. And we all do totally different things. I'm a lawyer, Kim's a teacher, and my sister has her own uh, public affairs firm. And we were never told what we had to be. There was never, you must be this, you must do this. It was kind of... um, you know you need the education was heavy so you you needed to be educated and from there make you know an educated decision on what you wanted to do right. But there was never she never forced us to do anything
1: you know going into law or going into the music industry yeah. just whatever your passion is
3: yeah same with my dad he never um, never f- forced us to do anything that you know we didn't want to do is just do what you feel most comfortable with
1: so at, when you were in high school those those years were you starting to think about going into law at that never. point? I Not never, at that
3: point. Ever, okay. Ever, 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 ever wanted to be a lawyer? <laughs> ever, ever. Ever. You saw. You know. You saw
1: all the hard work and the downside. Oh yes,
3: I saw a lot of that. But it's funny because I was the. I'm the baby of the family, so I am the typical baby. I did everything that I ever wanted to do growing up. Um, from piercing my own ears to <laughs> to um, you know, g- wind up going to law school, which you know is is not easy. It's so not, It's it, law school is one of the most humbling experiences anybody will ever go through. It's it's torture. It's
1: true. It's true. It's just a huge commitment, and there's not a lot of other things you can be doing while you're in law school.
3: That's right. It, yeah, and to give a lot of that up for three years is difficult. But once you get to that point, once you get to law school and you know that's what you want to do, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. But you need to get to that point in your life before you, you really have to live life before you go to law school. Yeah,
1: so let's back up a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. went to college at Loyola. I did. And what kinds of things were you involved in there?
3: Um, I was, when I I went to New Orleans, I went there um, hoping to, you know, I'm a big. Per- I'm very, very uh, big into the Jesuit education, and Loyola has some of the best. My other sister, Nina, went to Loyola in Maryland, and she loved her experience there. So it was mm-hmm. kind of what drew me to go to Loyola. But I wanted to go to the South. I just, for whatever reason, I really wanted to go down south, mm-hmm. um, and I had family from New Orleans, so oh, I really you wanted to see them. Oh, and that's meet them. great. Yeah, it was just it was really interesting to me. I, I didn't know much about it, and I wanted to find out more. Um it's like my own personal journey. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to find out. That's great. Um but there is where I really, really started to um respect and, and learn music because this was prior to Katrina. But then I mean you could pick you could go to school and then you can leave class and just head right down to uh Bourbon Street or um there's so many other streets, but Maple Street and, and just go to a, a bar or a local establishment. And there's entertainment 24-7. Right. I- I've amazing. never been personally,
1: oh, but of amazing. course I've heard the stories. It's a place that's on my list.
3: Yes. And the, the, the music there, is so, um, it's so different. It really is. And that's where I really learned to, I could sit down and I could I can listen to someone, a guy named Jeremy Davenport, who would sing like Frank Sinatra, and then go into another room and be listening to Zydeco totally different but, i don't know who that appreciate. is but, <laughs> but it's just a type of music and right, you just appreciate right. that music and yeah um and that's where i met uh aaron neville and uh was very very entertained by by his music i thought that he was amazing yeah now
1: how did that meeting come about
3: i was i remember exactly where i was i was at a place called dba and he was there he was on the on the second floor and I was listening. I had asked the the DJ to change the music because I wanted to listen to whatever it was at the time. And he happened to be there. Loved that I chose that song. And came up and wanted to talk. And, oh, wow. and so we talked about music for hours. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and he was a very nice guy. But that's how New Orleans is. Yeah. It's not pretentious. And you never know who you're
1: going to walk into, I <laughs> Absolutely. guess. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. that's so cool. It
3: was very, very, yeah, it was a very uh, fun experience. I remember calling my dad at like four in the morning and be like you'll never guess who I was just with and he didn't (laughs) sitting at the bar listening (laughs) to music exactly
1: (laughs) that's a great great uh, story um so okay so at that point you're um obviously you know you want to somehow be involved in music you know when you get older and and your mom was and I'm sure she had some great context for you yes um and then when you decided uh what what year did you make that decision that you were going to go to law school
3: in 2006, I believe. Okay. Around 2006. i graduated from college in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and did you do in between? I worked for my dad. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. And, and during that time is when I really learned the day-to-day grind.
1: Right. Saw it firsthand. Um, so working with your dad, I'm sure, was a great opportunity for you to see firsthand what really goes on Um in a law practice, because I think a lot of times people probably have grand ideas um, about going to law school and, you know, working on some great cases, but you got
3: to really see the day-to-day. Absolutely. Um, The days are actually, while they're very long hour-wise, it's very entertaining. Every single day there's something new happening. And when I I was, I was, not that I'm old now, but I was fairly young at that time, so, um, you know it's a different sense of of pressure for me when you're coming out of college and then you're in this this establishment and my dad is I mean I'm a little bit biased but he's pretty much the boss of a uh, criminal defense work in Philadelphia so <laughs> that's what I read yeah he's, 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 <laughs> he's kind of a big deal it's kind of a big deal yeah that's <laughs> so, right um so
1: and just for our listeners you, um uh, Mia 's dad practices criminal law, so you know all of those cases and everything that 's going on is is probably very much in the news and at the forefront of what 's going on in the city yes. so that 's a lot of excitement
3: absolutely um, and a lot of what we what we do is um you know you go in the morning you meet with the clients and then uh, we right away by 8 o'clock we're in the courthouse handling numerous cases and it might not be just in Philadelphia we might travel to Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delaware County I'm licensed in New Jersey so I also travel to New Jersey as well for Mm -hmm. cases Um, and then you come back to the office and then you meet more clients so and that lasts until around 730 at night so they're long days um, but I, I love that. My dad is very much, um, his work ethic is, is insane. and
1: Even the fact that he's still going absolutely. At, at the rate he is yeah. at, at his age. Um, were you living in town at um, that time?
3: I, yes, I was. At that time, I was. Um, and I still am. I'm still in, in Center City. But I love that. I love that he loves to work still. Um, I think for me, that's one of my things, too, as I don't want to not work. I, I really, really love to work. I'm one of those odd birds that 14 hours a day is fun.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think a lot of people, or If you're, you're happy when you're busy. Yeah, Right? Absolutely. You know, if you're sitting around kind of twiddling your thumbs, you start thinking too yes, much. And yes, That cannot be a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about your years at law school. Perfect. Okay.
4: From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL.
1: Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000 square foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started.
4: At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services From everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine, Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust.
1: Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean, so why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia sixty years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you.
4: News Talk eleven eighty WFYL streaming live at eleven eighty wfylcom
1: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, My name is Susan Rocco, and we're in the studio today with Mia Teneri, and she is associate with Nino V. Teneri and Associates in Philadelphia. Um, We're here on WFYL 1180 on Women to Watch. Um, Right before the break, we were talking about uh, your school years, uh, Mia, and and maybe we can just talk briefly about your uh, law school years at Widener, what what that was like, and how did you get
3: through it? (laughs) Sure. Sure. You know the hardest part about law school is actually the first year, uh, because it's a lo- it's it's the time period where you either a realize that you want to be a lawyer or you don't want to be a lawyer, and or um, it is so difficult that you don't make it through to the next year. So um, I was I've always been a pretty outspoken person, uh, but. When you get to law school, the first thing that they have you do is stand up in front of what feels like thousands of people and speak about topics that you may have just read about. but really have no clue what you just read about. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, And
1: I wanted I to were you always an avid reader? Because there's yes. just a ton of reading there that you have a to do. Ton of reading, I don't think you can go to law school if you're not a good reader.
3: That's true. I mean, a lot of it is, is reading and uh, being able to analyze what you're reading. But law school trains you to think uh, differently. So when you're reading uh, cases, you're, you're not reading them as an average person would read them uh, you would read them, um, looking for things. You're always you're always trying to identify uh, certain things in in a case. Okay. But most people just read it. You know, mm-hmm. they they want to know. They're just right. inquisitive. And as as a lawyer, you read it and then you try to um, almost attack everything you're reading. And And that's interpreting, what, I guess. Yeah, as absolutely. Con- yeah, as you're going on. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what law school kind of trains you to do. And some people can do that, and some people can't. Um, the first year is 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 very humbling. It's a very difficult experience. You see a lot of people that you become friendly with uh, wind up leaving just because they either didn't make it through or or they they quit. Um, and then once you get through the first year it's just um, you know two more years of the same thing but not as intense because then you get to go out and and um, be a part of um, companies or internships or Uh, and some schools get to do a co-op but in my situation I was able to intern uh, with different companies. One of them was uh, DuPont Legal in Delaware and I did a lot of electronic discovery which was actually based out in Chile so I was uh, reviewing a lot of electronic discovery from Chile
1: wow yeah that 's interesting that was pretty interesting, yeah. and did you have a lot of support, I guess from family saying you know through those years, you can do it, you know stick it out, you can do it um, absolutely I feel like we all we all need cheerleaders in our life um, you know when we 're doing something difficult
3: it, yeah, absolutely it 's funny because um you have no matter who you are, you have that moment in law school where you think, "What am I doing? do I want to do this, and I always had you know my dad. Uh, being a lawyer, I always had him to, to go to, and again, he never said, oh, you have to do this. He just said, you know what, just stick with it. If, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. And I never went to law school thinking, I want to be a criminal defense attorney. I went to law school thinking this will open up the door for me on so many other levels. Um, so I didn't go in thinking, gosh, I need to graduate to be this, you know, the next criminal defense attorney. It was, it was was It was bigger, actually. It was, I want to be I want to be a, a business person and be able to, um, you know, know the law behind that. Yeah,
1: that's great. You so. wanted to make your own way.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I think
1: that's awesome. So for the listeners, you you know, you pr- you're practicing now both criminal and entertainment law. So... Uh, you know those are two very separate fields or as Manny said they can cross over <laughs> so um just describe a little bit about the difference uh when you're handling a criminal case versus um perhaps uh somebody in the entertainment industry
3: absolutely um in regards to the criminal cases um it, it's it's definitely different uh, there's there's trials there's court appearances um, you spend time uh, going over something called discovery which is information in regards to their case and and then you you set it down for either a trial or um or a a a non-trial um it's it's a very hands-on experience where uh, with some of the entertainment clients it's a contract it's negotiating it's not so much uh hand-holding with your client as it is uh, negotiating with whomever they are trying to contract with so if I have a client on the entertainment side who is looking for sponsorship I'm dealing with whomever the brand is um, on behalf of my client okay right. so I'm, I'm you know I advocate for both the criminal and for my entertainment client but in two separate ways right
1: and on, on a day-to-day um, can you talk about which area might be a little bit more challenging than the other
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> On a de- it's interesting uh, I feel like my day I- in the morning is is heavily dedicated to going to court um, on the criminal side and then in the evening because I deal with a lot of uh, clients in California the the time difference um, has me up a little bit later oh, working okay. on contracts because it's mm-hmm. a three-hour time difference mm-hmm. so I can get home around 10 o'clock at night and then just start working with clients from California Wow Right. So it's a, it's it's a, a long day. Different. It is a very long day, but, <laughs> but I, I'm still at that point where I love it. Yeah. I love what I do. So. And you're still
1: young enough. You know, you're still making contact. You can repeat contact. that. She's very young. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind saying that. And she's quite beautiful. It's oh, a shame we're not I on television. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you're, you are young enough that you're right, still. Right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> making those contacts and getting to know people, even though, you know, it, we, talked a lot about your dad He's he's been doing it for a long long time Absolutely. but I like that you're you know really trying to make your own way and and uh, do your own things and then just you know talk to dad when you need some advice or
3: some support yeah and he's actually been great at that because not only uh, does he do criminal defense work that is what he's known for um, he does a lot of civil work and he has represented a lot of companies and he's also represented um, a lot of athletes and performers. So I've been able to go to him in in situations where perhaps a contract is, um, you know, just something unique. He's been able to be there and help me and, and, and work on it with me. So it's been, it's been really great. And at the same time, I've brought a lot of, um, you know, business to, to the, the, the firm as well that he would normally have seen right how
1: do you go about finding your clients especially in the entertainment industry because you know we're we're we've really made a lot of headway as Mm -hmm. far as that you know and that's a lot of thanks to Sharon Pinkinson in the film office that's very true right but um you know we're not New York City and we're not LA so how do you go about finding those clients
3: it's interesting um in Philadelphia we're 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 still a diamond in the rough, basically we have so much talent in Philadelphia that nobody knows about right in fact, at this last Grammys, uh, we had two producers who were nominated for Grammys on 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 uh, major records they didn't win, but they're still nominated and there's from five, our area that's correct yeah, yeah. That's and there's great. only five nominees so um, you know we are here we're we're absolutely present, but uh you know the, the branding 's not done right properly yet right we haven 't been able to do it, um, and by we, I mean Philadelphia as a whole, we just haven 't been able to capitalize on that because a lot of these um, artists who are great wind up leaving and going to Nashville or new York right. or or right. l a obviously mm-hmm. um, but I have been able i 've been very fortunate. Um, It's just one you know one one lucky thing happened Um, and one of my very first clients was Joe Piscopo who was formerly from Saturday Night Live and then from that um, you know I've just met so many people the one thing I do do is uh, network I am out a lot trying to you know establish my name Um, and I'm on the Philadelphia Music Alliance as well um, which you know, has been pretty helpful. But for the most part, I've I've worked with a lot of um, advertising agencies and a lot of producers um, who we kind of collab together and we work together. Mm -hmm. So getting clients has actually been uh, quite easy.
1: Yeah. And you, I mean, you obviously you're, um, you know, you're naturally social and you enjoy those events going out and meeting people. That's really what you need to do. Yes. Um, networking can be a lot of fun. I'm sure there's some nights when you're tired and maybe there's an event you don't want to go to. <laughs> but um, in general, it's, you know, just getting out there and meeting people and, and showing them who you are. Absolutely. It can be a lot of fun.
3: And it's also, um, you know, not just here in Philadelphia. We've been able to, I've been able to actually go to New York. Like I said, I have clients out in California, clients in New York, um, and clients here. So, you know, the, the more the more clientele you have, it's not really Necessarily important where they're from, it's just a matter of, of making sure that they're represented. To be honest, yeah,
1: that's true. That's so. very true. So um, you have another company, something else that you're doing in addition to law, and uh, tell me about MCTE Entertainment and what things you're
3: doing there. Yeah, it's MCT Entertainment. MCT. Um, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, but so that is essentially um, my artist management company. Uh, a lot of times you'll see a lot of entertainment attorneys also manage their clients. Um, I manage um, a few clients and, and I have that in a separate category where I work with uh, branding and product placement and sponsorships with them. And it's my uh, attempt in, in helping them uh, relate to an, uh, a fan that they wouldn't normally be able to do. It's a very different uh, world today with, with technology and, and the internet and everybody has access. But my goal is with my artists to brand them properly, get them sponsors, but have them interact with fans in a unique way. And each artist I would like to do that with.
1: So is that through events? Do you set up different it, types of events? or
3: It can be. Um, one thing that we're working on right now with the client is we have um, partnered with a pretty large online company, and they it's pretty much all retail. So what we do with them is if they have um let's just say they have some sort of shirt that's that's a a designer my artist will then um do some sort of giveaway to the fan base but they have to uh, the fan base will have to ask questions about the product and then whoever gets it right will finally get that product but it's a very cool concept because the 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 brand is getting a name and the client is getting a name right, so it, right. it it just broadens their um, accessibility to people and getting to know who they are a little right. bit more.
1: Those collaborative projects are so great. I mean, Absolutely. there's always, I feel like, two uh, groups of people that can come together and help each other in really creative ways.
3: Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's really, really important now because as great as music is, you need more as an artist. You really mm-hmm. need to, um, basically, um,
1: set yourself apart I guess you know
3: (laughs) but yes you really do need to set yourself apart That's a good way to put it Um, but you need to be able to make sure that you can reach market a market B and market C and and not and not just sing you know make it one um, make yourself so one dimensional okay you need to target the right people. exactly you need to make sure the good example would be Justin Timberlake he is everybody loves him mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are what age you are right
1: he is broad exactly.
3: mass appeal. he's <laughs> <laughs> <Manny's> getting flustered <laughs> Do you? Lo- <laughs> <he> <laughs> we love him yeah but he's great yeah See, he every, we're all different ages and we all love right him, right but he's he's done a really good job at branding and mm-hmm. making sure that his that that fan base everybody relate to him but but i
1: think he has that broad appeal i don't know that every artist has that ability that's his personality where he's an entertainer and he's a
3: musician
1: and he's funny
3: he's funny and warm right yeah but that's what i'm working on with my clients is try to make sure that they have um because every artist thinks they have it Mm -hmm. but not every artist has that so (laughs) part of what do you do when someone approaches you and
1: and maybe they don't have it that must be a little tricky and they're looking to you for some guidance.
3: This is true. I do get at least two or three calls a day letting me know how wonderful some of these people are and I will not turn down anyone. I will at least entertain a a at least a conversation mm-hmm. but I will not <laughs> sign anybody if I don't think they're if you don't believe in them, I right? Guess. I, you really yeah. have to. Fe- you have to feel it, and yeah. if you don't feel it, then you're not going to be able to dedicate your time and effort to these people. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I that's why my management company i I only manage four artists right now to make sure that I'm I'm giving them what I think they deserve. Yeah, that's
1: great. You know, not not stretch yourself too far. Now, these are too, are you. Do you have two different offices, or how do oh, you?
3: It's all from the same office. It's all from the same office. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and when people, if I if I'm working strictly with musicians or artists, we have a conference room, and they'll come in. Part of the one thing that I do ask is that they come in and they have to sing for me, um, because that's kind of if, if you're a singer, I want to hear you. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind right. of the deal. Yeah. Um, and if they're not ready yet, I have I just recently signed um, a 16 year old girl who is absolutely phenomenal. She's great. Um but there's a difference between having a great voice and being ready to go into a studio right. and having a recording voice right. so um the first thing I did was made sure that she works with a vocal coach who is who has been uh, in the studio for years uh, so that so that she can be trained to record as opposed to um, you know any other thing because sometimes if you 're influenced by musician any sort of artist on the radio, you tend to try to. Emulate them, mm-hmm. and and that's originality is really important. So, um, what you hear on the radio isn't necessarily how um, an artist actually sounds. Right. So
1: <laughs> it's kind of like us in here. <laughs> we
3: sound slightly different, you know, right.
1: once Manny puts it through the machine than we do in person.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
1: which is great. It's very helpful. Um, the uh, Philadelphia Music Alliance, just quickly, I don't know that people even know um, that that exists, and I know that you um, work with them. And what are, what types of things are they trying to do in Philadelphia?
3: The Philadelphia Music Alliance is a not-for-profit, and it's dedicated to recognizing and cele- um, celebrating Philadelphia's uh, musical legacy. So um, initially it began in, in the effort to... Um, Really honor artists who came from the Gamble and Huff um, label, and there's millions and millions of artists that have have started out with Gamble and Huff and made them who they are. Um, as the years have progressed, we are um, continuing in that in that leg, but we are honoring. Um, we continue to honor artists who uh, have come from Philadelphia. Um, some people that we have honored are Marion Anderson, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, hollow notes so people in that vein Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to continue to do that and hopefully we'll have uh, a little bit more to talk about in regards to the music alliance um, this coming year great
1: great we'd love to hear all about that Um, okay we're going to take another quick break before um, we wrap up the show we'll be right back
4: From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL.
1: What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680. And be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. If you have separation or divorce in your current situation or future plans, you will not be alone in this journey when you hire divorce coach, Sheila Brennan. She will guide you and provide important information about the process, as well as personal support. With Sheila's help, you learn the skills and strategies effectively manage your divorce as your divorce coach sheila answers your questions provides priceless advice and offers the assistance you'll need in this uncertain and emotional time in your life for a complimentary discovery session with sheila call 610-687-1414 that's 610-687-1414 or find Sheila at brennandivorcecoach.com. In today's marketplace, with the number of devices being used to access information online, it's more important than ever to have a web presence, no matter what industry you are in. Click Canyon is a local marketing agency that is focused on providing online marketing strategies and solutions for small businesses. Successful businesses realize the power of not only being found when searched for, but to also communicate with their potential customers and turn them into recurring business. Click Canyon helps small businesses click to be found, connect through conversation, and convert to paying customers. To connect with us, call 484 265 1064 Or find us at ClickCanyon.com.
4: From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180
1: WFYL. Hey everybody, we're back in the studio today, Women to Watch on WFYL 1180. My name is Susan Rocco. And today I'm thrilled to have in the studio Mia Teneri, who is an attorney with Nino V. Tenari and Associates. And we're talking all about her life and what she does in both the, uh, the law uh, industry as well as the entertainment industry. And um, something um, you had mentioned to me before we came into the studio was some music-based reality shows that um, you're working on. Can you tell,
3: yes. tell us a little bit about that? Sorry, yes. Um, I had I received a phone call maybe about a year ago um from a film production company in LA and they were looking to do a lot of reality TV shows so they had come to me for some sort of creative content and putting together the show and uh for the past year I would say I've I've worked on a few um creative content creative content for uh both music-based reality shows as well as um uh, more of a uh, travel shows so they're coming to fruition now they do take a little while um, to work on but uh, once we get the green light then we'll start filming pilots and go from there well, so that's, that's good, exciting yeah, that is
1: exciting yeah um that's going to take you to do more travel you do a lot of traveling i do you do and uh y- do you do that alone
3: or? i do um it depends on on what i'm going where for. Um, I have, when I go to LA, I generally go uh, by myself or or with my clients, uh, depending on what the meetings are for. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was there, I was in LA a month ago, and that was for the Grammys, and then I'll be flying out there again at the end of April for um, five clients, five different client meetings. So it's three days for, I think, about ten different meetings we have set up. So there's really not a lot of time to uh, do anything else but work while out there yeah
1: yeah but although the grammys was fun oh, can was you amazing. I mean can you what was that like did you have a good seat
3: oh uh, yeah I had gr- I was I think I was the 16th row back from center of the stage oh, so my gosh. it was amazing it, the grammys is nothing short of the best concert of your life I, I, I mean, can't even imagine and this year's was was it this what year did you go this year this year and I went last year yeah as well. it was great show this amazing. year amazing absolutely yeah. amazing yeah um yeah so what's what
1: i want to know and i think people there was major productions at this year's grammys so when one major production you know comes to an end on the stage what is it like in between so it's hard
3: for me to because i don't know what it looks like from tv but when you're there they've separated the the stage into two, two different entities so um The way they do it is on one side on the right side they'll they'll start putting together whatever that production entails and they'll lift up what is uh, like a pseudo screen and then i'm assuming that the camera will um zoom in on that side of the stage so when that's done then they bring back down the the um uh, like the curtain and they open the other side and the other production is ready. So while the other production is going, they're cleaning the other side of the okay, stage.
1: Okay, so so there's two stages there's basically two stages, and yeah. when one's going on, they're working on the other.
3: Absolutely, it's very interesting. That's incredible. But that's how people said, oh my gosh, how do they get, when I think it was Fun who performed, they had uh, water at the very beginning. Yes, and yes. people said, how do they get rid of the water? Right. because they had enough time during the other performance to get rid of everything. Plus they had plastic on the floor. So when it fell, they were able to um, lift up the plastic right. and put it all into one, look looked like, one big grate.
1: <laughs> it's amazing.
3: It really It's.
1: And did you have, did you know who was coming each time? Yes. Did you have a program so yes. you know who was going to perform? And they
3: announce it. Um, during commercial breaks, they tell you what's happening next. Plus, you can see the prompters so you know what's going on. Right. It's really a, an amazing experience. It's great.
1: Were you able to take your husband with I you? I didn't. I ah. didn't.
3: I know. I know. So, <laughs> so you are married.
1: And I, I know I've seen some beautiful, wonderful pictures um, of your wedding. And, and, you know, it got, uh, got a lot of press. Um, tell me a little bit about the wedding if you could.
3: The wedding is still three years later, one of my most um, memorable and fun experiences of my life. It was so much fun. Um, Joe Volpe, who owns Chescafe, Cafe, uh, also um, owns uh, or uh, doesn't own it, but he um, uh, one of his spots is the Curtis Center at the atrium, which is where I had my wedding. Okay. And he does all the food with Chescafe, Cafe, and he's got some of the best food and he also does everything on his own. He's almost like a 360, where he does everything. He uh, does the uh, the decorating, the flowers, the food. Has the he venue. coordinates it? Brings yeah, it but all it's, together. It's pretty much within his own company. Okay. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't think anybody else is doing. Would it Would he be labeled an event planner or a wedding planner? He does everything. He's m- he's an event, uh, <laughs> an event <guy>. extraordinary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he owns V. He also owns oh, okay. um, Chesque Ballroom tendenza i'm going to be next week actually i've never been before i'm excited he's 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 really unbelievable he's great um and when i explained to him uh, what it was that i wanted it it, he he understood it it was (laughs) bizarre because in my mind i wanted all i wanted was i wanted everything to be white and flowy um with the with the drapes and i wanted white white roses white flowers white furniture a little bit of cream, but I didn't want much color because I wanted my, my bridesmaids who were wearing fuchsia to be oh, the pop. Yeah. And, I mean, he I love a lot of it. white.
1: I just it think that makes such a statement. Sometimes, You know, sometimes things require color. Right. But sometimes <laughs> Oh <do>. white <laughs> right. is
3: uh, He kept saying, are you yeah. sure, are you sure? And then after he did it, he was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And he wound up using it in a few magazines. So it was very cool. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, Roham covered my wedding. Right, they did right afterwards. They did an article about the wedding. Yeah,
1: well, the picture that you have, your profile picture, I think, is really oh, beautiful. Yeah, and what is coming down from the Those sky? Those
3: were rose petals. So, because I have my um, New Orleans background, mm-hmm. I wanted to walk in um, to a song called "The Second Line," and it it, it involves the the umbrellas. So right. when I had an umbrellas sent uh, from New Orleans to Philadelphia for my bridesmaids and I and, and the groomsmen and my parents and my husband's parents to dance in with our umbrellas to the second line so it's it was very traditional um yeah new orleans style entrance right and then i had jerry blavitt there i had the tramps the times performed it was so cool oh my gosh so so cool wish i was on that list (laughs) (laughs) i'll do it again was it it a big big wedding did it was it was uh, probably i think around 400 people. 400 wow yeah, dad's my dad's still paying for that one. <laughs> Four hundred of my best friends, oh, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Now, and your husband, what does what does he do for a living? He is um, the senior vice president for Core Realty. It's a development company here in Philadelphia. Um, is
1: he from the area? He
3: he's right, He's from right outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, David Fisher. <laughs> Give a shout-out to David Fisher. <laughs> How um, did you two meet? Oh, goodness. We've known each other for about 12 years. We met uh, my freshman year of college, his senior year of college. And then he graduated, and he wound up going to American University for uh, his um, business degree. Okay. And I stayed get, we stayed together for four years all through college for me. And um, right after college, you know, we just took a little break, and then I went to law school. And been together it was meant to be yeah Yeah. because that's
1: really tough to stay through all that all those years of school but absolutely you guys did it the (laughs) right way (laughs) Yeah. yeah
3: We did. I mean, we didn't stay together for 12 years, but we had stayed together for four, and then we're friends for yeah. quite some time, and then got back together yeah. and got married. That's great. Yeah.
1: Um, talk a little bit about, so you really are juggling a lot of different things. Um, you know, you're, you're representing clients, and you're you're um, working with branding for people in the entertainment industry. Um, you're on many, many boards. How do you manage your day, you know, your, your day-to-day? Um, is it a constant juggling process or are you very kind of thoughtful and organized (laughs)
3: um interesting I would love to say that I you know I do something like yoga every morning and then I do oatmeal but I don't I don't do any of that (laughs) no Um, yoga and oatmeal no no but if if that's what's cool then yes (laughs) um I pretty much um this job entails you to be able to Go with the flow, mm-hmm. so you you can't you can't be very rigid. You have to be able to, um, you know, give and take basically ebbs and flows. That's how life is. So, like I said, sometimes in the morning, I know every morning I'm definitely going into the office. Mm-hmm. You know, by seven thirty at the latest because we have to be in court by eight. So I know that's happening. Do so you get up
1: early every Absolutely. day? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. And whatever happens throughout the day happens, because I don't know. Sometimes I'm in court, I'll be in the middle of doing a preliminary hearing, and I'll see that my phone is ringing, and it's somebody from California, or it's, you know, it's some it's a record label, whomever it may be. Right, So right. I have to step out and, and, you know, handle that as well. So I really don't know. I, I can recall maybe a couple months ago, I was doing an endorsement deal for an Olympian, and um, part of the struggle with that was the Olympics had been, um, you know, months in advance. So As it works in with endorsements if if you don't um, if you're not endorsed right away then the further away you are from the actual event makes it a little bit difficult for you to actually still you know get the endorsements that you want not necessarily get endorsements just get the ones that you would like and and when this was happening it was I mean it was every day we're 15 calls a day you know basically hammering out these contracts and you know you really don't know so if I was in court I have to make sure that I can get back to the office to look at the computer because you can't do everything by the phone, even though you'd right. love to. Right. You can't. I mean, it doesn't make sense right. to do that. So um, really, it's not – there's no set uh, schedules for me.
1: Yeah. And th- but do you fret about that, you know, not being able to get to some- back to somebody? I feel as though because information is so accessible live – Everything is immediate today, that there's that constant sense of urgency to reply to people. And there's just not enough hours in the day to do that. That's true. Um, You know, if you're conscient, I I know I do that. I just fret that I can't respond to everyone that minute.
3: I I remember initially, I was always very, very concerned that if I didn't respond within 10 minutes of receiving, you know, an email. An email or a text, yeah. I felt like maybe I wasn't, I wasn't doing, um, you know, I was missing something, but now you know when when you're really representing somebody's best interest you can only represent them you know in in the best way by making sure you're you're reviewing things timely and properly um if you don't respond to something yeah i think that's bad i mean i i would never not respond right but there's there are things that need more attention um and others that don't yeah so yeah, I do. I remember in the very beginning being fearful of not responding right away. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because I remember maybe 15 years ago, or 20 years ago probably, um, you know, everything was done by a letter. And <laughs> so that it ta- take, right, that's going to take, take a couple days. Oh, yeah, you have to at least read it, then you response. So it's funny yeah. because now, you know, before it would take two weeks just to get a response back. Now you can get something back, you know. In a snap.
1: Yeah, it's good and bad. Yeah, it I is. I think it's good. to be, it puts a lot of pressure it does. on us. Um, it can be very efficient, but there's only, like you said, I, I think it's important that you're, uh, be, before you respond to somebody, that you have something valuable to 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 Absolutely. say yeah. or return back.
3: Absolutely. And you don't want to just respond to respond because, right. you know, you, you, I always say if you're going to say anything, just make sure that it's, you know, the most educated or intelligent response that you can provide. And right. if you can't, then just hold off. There's right. no harm in in waiting. But right. there is that sense of urgency now, especially within this younger generation where they feel the need to, you know, constantly be attached to their phones, right. respond to everything. Mm-hmm. And part of it has to do with, you know, sites like Twitter and really essentially Twitter, where you can be anonymous and right. say whatever you want. Right.
1: That, that's often not not a good thing. Exactly. Um, but
3: um, as we wind down the show, I, I just
1: wonder if you can give our listeners if anyone's listening and they want to be in touch with you for either or, you know, any of the multiple things that you're involved with, what would be the best contact information for sure. them to reach you?
3: My email is M-C-T-I-N-A-R-I- at gmail dot com, and my office number is two one five seven nine zero four zero one zero. We also have a website, which is www dot n i n o t i n a r i dot com.
1: Okay, great show, me thank, thank you so much for coming in. I really oh, appreciate you. it. I
3: had a great time. Thank you.
1: So that's it, uh, gang. Today we were with Mia Teneri from uh, Nino V. Taneri and Associates talking all about law and entertainment and some great stuff. So if you're listening out there and you uh, have any interest in coming in and sharing with us what you're doing, I'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to send me an email to srocco233 at gmail. And uh, have a great week, and we'll see you again next week.